All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're gonna crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. What did he? What did he set? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. Welcome back, everyone, to the finish line, part of the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Reason, and I'm joined by the living legend himself, Richmond Webb, and the triple OG, Mr. Keeping It 100, Mr. Ballgame. Gentlemen, the Dolphins, 3-0 and after the preseason, the perfect preseason, and they topped it off with a absolute shellacking of the Philadelphia Eagles, 48-10. to to uh, Tyreek, they put on a display right out of the gate. Um, a quick four-play drive that put six on the board quicker than you could blink an eye. And on top of that, it was just a good performance um, from Skylar Thompson. Looked good when he came in. The ones looked good. Greg Little, I think, showed he is the swing tackle we've been waiting for potentially in this system. A lot of good to come away, followed up by the initial roster, which we'll get into all tonight. Gentlemen, as we are recording, we are literally a week and a half away, 10 days away from the opening contest against the New England Patriots. You got the goosies? How you feeling? You feel the energy? You're checking your pulse, seeing if it's real right now? Oh, I know it's real. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Mr. Ball Game Reason. Um, like you said, 3-0 and in the preseason. I know a lot of people said um you know it doesn't mean anything which those games don't count but i think anytime you step on that field you want to try to do your best go out and execute whether you're on offense or defense hone your skills and get ready for the regular season and um you know i think this the second preseason game started out a little shaky or whatever but to come back put it together offensively like we did against the eagles and have that type of showing and execute. Um, I don't think we had any, maybe one turnover. I don't think we had any. I kind of caught a condensed version of the game because that's the thing with preseason. They don't show them on direct TV, but 10 days I have my direct TV and I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, I thought it was just a great showing. And, and like you said, reason uh, to have a swing tackle. Uh, I think that was one of the things last year was just uh, no depth or whatever. But when you, when you see um, signs of brightness and, and, and things like that, that, that kind of gives you comfort. So um, I thought it was a great win, way to end the preseason. Now we got two weeks, or they had two weeks to get ready for the season opening. I think everybody's excited. So uh, it was really good for me. I'm looking forward to it. How you doing, Mr. Ballgame? Great, great. Good to be here, gentlemen. I think it's um, definitely a good time right now to um, – Take, take a look at where I am mentally in regards to the upcoming season. 
I'm not at all surprised, really, about what we did to the Eagles. I thought going into that game that we was actually uh, the better roster in terms of first and second level depth. And um, that showed. Um, I'm really glad that Greg Little had an opportunity to really go out and showcase that he deserves to be here because there were always some question marks about him. Um, if he could just stay healthy, I always felt like he could be a really good player for this team. So uh, the fact that he has solidified himself as that guy for this position uh, on this team, um, I like that as well. And a lot of the young guys stepped up. You know, I mean, if we're going to get into it, talking about Byron and whatnot, but I think this is a great opportunity for some of the younger guys or some of the guys that made the roster also um, theoretically um, show that they deserve to be here as well, you know. Uh, X is the big name, but, you know, it doesn't just happen all because of X, you know what I'm saying? And um, Josh Boyd is going to be in a really good opportunity now to showcase his abilities as well. And um, this offense, I think, is going to really be special once they get it all dialed in. But, you know, as well as you know, you know Richmond, you know as well as I do, and I think Reason does as well. You're only as good as the amount of energy and time that you can put into perfecting the craft. And, you know, once these guys get into the the real season, it's just going to come down to who's more prepared. And I think um, week one couldn't start with a better opponent for Tua to be able to continue. Shalak and Buck, Belichick and the Patriots. And Undefeated against them. Yeah, Undefeated exactly. against them and Mac. Um, you mentioned something, Richmond, I want to ask you off before we get into things here quickly. Um, you know, because you know, you've been there with new coaching staff, new regimes coming in and such like that throughout your career. Um, I know it's just the preseason, but just going three and zero and shellacking them the way you did, and look at not even that. You know, the thing I kept talking about was I didn't like our push in the run game, and you saw from the ones to the guys who were on the field in the fourth quarter, we were getting pushed in the run game, and we were dictating the trenches. When you look at this, even though it's a preseason, but with a new regime in place. Does this help the confidence of those guys in the room heading into this season saying, okay, we've seen the potential of this offense and what it can be against the Eagles. We know what the potential of this defense can be because we've seen it the last three years. And we saw how good this offense can be if the offensive line does their job. And let's be quite frank. We haven't seen, you know, talking about Greg Little. You know, Austin Jackson, as you guys know, I had Austin Jackson becoming the right tackle when we hired Mike McDaniel because of the athletic profile. Greg Little had almost an identical profile coming out of Old Miss. Very similar stuff to Austin Jackson. So that's why when you see success, I'm not, I'm not surprised. But you look at all this stuff building up. Richmond, does this give, from a player's perspective, does this give guys in the locker room, even though it's preseason, a little bit of confidence in – this new coaching staff coming in because they're showing in a lot of different areas that they know what they're doing compared to the last regime. Yeah. I think the thing is, like you said, when you have a coaching new coaching staff come in, the thing you got to remember is those are not the guys that brought you in. So you're kind of walking on eggshells, just trying to figure it out and say, okay, I need to show these guys that I want to be here just like the, the previous staff was, but I think the thing that is impressive, like you said, the way that they beat the Eagles, but I think one of the other things that's impressive to me is, like you said, it didn't matter whether it was the starters or the backups that were in the game. 
they went in and they executed. So that lets me know that they're studying the playbook. And I know this is not really the complete deal, but to go in a, go in a game with a game plan, go and execute, yeah. and have the success that we did offensively, I think that definitely gives not only the players confident, but like, you know, guys at the skill position. I mean, it gives everybody a different feel because yeah. like, man, we hadn't really experienced this. And I remember last year, me, you and ball game, we would be talking about it. The Dolphins would start out, say the first quarter, quarter and a half, and then they would figure out what we were doing. And then it was just like a struggle for men. It was like, they had good plays, but they didn't know how to set it up. It's almost like playing chess or whatever. And, and and you can see the you can see the you can see the difference now. So yeah. imagine when they actually this is not the complete offense. I want everybody to understand. No, that. no, no. You don't show your hand in preseason. No. So if we can execute this and continue to build on and look at you know the opponents that we're going to face, dissect them, and then put in a game plan that we need for them, it, it, I'm excited. So yeah, so man. Um, yeah. When you can have that type I mean, of execution. You know what Mike McDaniel said? Something off of what you just said. He said, "I could, I could drop the best play ever designed in football, but if the players don't execute, you, you guys aren't going to appreciate the play because it's not going to work out." And and the great thing is, you know, even though we are seeing a vanilla thing, and I know you're probably noticing stuff like this, Richmond. It's nice to have an offense being called with a purpose. Like you notice, we get the flow of the game going to mm-hmm. one side, then we bootleg it to the other side, and we catch them sleeping. But not only that, you look at the run game. The run game, you know, we're everything is being called to set up the next play. Like you've seen us do stuff out of, you know, run, you know, different stuff out of the same identical look, whether it's been an offset eye or an eye formation or a single back, we give you a look and then we run like three or four different things out of that look in like just one quarter. And it's like, you know, it's, you see the creativity, you see the play design. Like I, there was a levels concept that they ran for two of this weekend. And it was a, it was a high low concept and it was freaking like, you're just seeing the design. Cause I know you guys remember last year, and the year before, even with Gailey, I would rip up play designs. Remember, I would be like harping yep, on the how the designs are. And now I'm seeing this, and it's just like, guys, I don't, you know, premature. I said this on my channel. Premature is the people saying Skyler QB one. I'm seeing stuff even with the vanilla offense that I think we got our guy, man. Like I, I like I'm sitting here like. I think we got the, you know, I've already said that I think we got the brightest apple on the Shanahan tree. Mike Shanahan, she might I add, and I, I really the more I see of him, the more comfortable I am with him as a play caller. The more comfortable I am with him. like you know Moser. Look at this guy. This guy stays healthy. This guy's gonna win the starting job, and he's gonna push for one K. I mean, you look at what's coming together. You look at the joint practices. Look at all the guys. You know, by all the Eagles beat reporters. The Eagles hadn't lost. They'd had six joint practices up until ours. They hadn't lost a single one by their count. We come in and we whip the we whip their ass. They go out and get you, you, who they go out and get. Uh, who they go out and get? Chancey Gardner Johnson. Gardner Johnson. They went out and got a stud safety because they're like, oh crap! Look what they did to us. Because look what Tyreek did to Kevon Wallace, right? So, you know, it's it's really impressive stuff, man. Um, but let's talk about the defense for a sec here, especially in that Eagles game. Um, man, up until that Channing Tindall blown tackle and that run up the sideline ball game, that defense, again, 
from the guys who started to the guys who finished it off, everyone was playing well. Uh, you know, Noah Benogany, we waited three years for it, and we finally got a big play, a big pass breakup for Noah. You know, there was just good stuff. Elijah Campbell continues to be an absolute, yeah, absolute stud. stud. Okay, like, um, you know, and honestly, you know, I love what we're seeing from our front, bro. Like, like this, this front, we are going to win a lot of trench battles with this front. I don't, I don't know what you think about that ball game, but I'm seeing it. J- Jalen Phillips, he looks like he's going to break out. I mean, what were your overall thoughts? Overall thoughts about, and I know it was like against. Gardner Minshew and such, but what were your overall thoughts about how our defense played? Because it was a preseason game, but they were stingy as they've ever been. I like that. Um, first off, I, I have to tell people, I continue to tell people that I saw a lot from Boyer that um, made me... Did you see him really... get mad when they gave up that touchdown? I love yeah. the energy, bro. Yeah, he's um he's got a, he's got a level of fire about him that is igniting a lot through those guys, and they don't want to give you anything. And, you know, when a defense is working together, you can see them even if it's a small game that was given, they're communicating it, right? That's a lot of – I didn't see a lot of that last year, unfortunately, with this defense. But our guys are talking a lot, helping to correct each other on the field, and that tells me that they're studying together as well. Even in practice, they're taking serious what he's asking of them. And I'm not seeing him, especially against the Eagles – I didn't see him asking them to do a lot of things that were outside of the strengths of their strengths. You know, oftentimes, you know, preseason games are places where you can go out and you can try different things to try to test to see if your guys can actually do it. And if they don't, then it's no big deal. But he was legitimately getting them dialed in. And there's a plethora of things that they did quite well. And it all started up front with the, uh, the front seven, really not wanting to give up anything on the ground. And I've always said over and over again that, you know, once you can get pressure and you can stop people from running, you dictate to them how you want the rest of the game to go. And that's how top caliber defenses do. They don't go out with this bend, don't break stuff. They go out and say, you know what? Okay, we'll give you this, but you ain't going to get it all game. But you won't Mm -hmm. have – if there's four things you want, you're only going to get one, and you're going to get very little of that one. We're Mm -hmm. going to dictate to you how this is going to happen. We might have a couple of mistakes here or there, but over the course of the game, we're gonna we're gonna impose our will on you, and that's what I believe their mentality is. And I like what I'm seeing, mm. and I can't I can't wait to see how um, creative Boyer gets to, you know, um, shore up the loss of Jones, which is kind of big in my opinion. Right. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that okay. in a sec. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you about one player specific. Now, I know we talked about him whiffing on the tackle. Channing Tindall, he had six tackles for them solo, and he had a, a sack. What, what did you think of Channing Tindall other than that missed tackle? Like, you know, he actually continues to show pretty decent instincts on the field, and that man shoots a gap, bro. I mean, like, he, he flies. Let's be clear. I think the kid is here to um, be the – um, the main cog in the middle at mm. some point in this defense. I think that's uh, undeniable when you look at how quickly and how uh, instinctually he is at the position. Um, yeah. I'm okay with rookies making mistakes because, you know, he didn't. he's not making many at all anyway. So the few that he is making, I just chalk those up to growth um, and needing to be coached up just a little bit more or some things. Mm. But I, it's been a long time since I've seen a middle linebacker you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Read and react and plug like he does with yep. 
you know, saying reckless abandon, and he's getting there with such a speed that it's kind of uncommon. Like, you know, no hesitation whatsoever. He's following the flow, looking at his, you know, he's seeing the hole, and he's not letting the hole get filled by their guy. And he has know? pretty disciplined eyes. He's showing yeah. off a pretty disciplined set of eyes. Uh, I, I think like by that. year two or year three, like I said, I think this year he was going to battle with guys like Brennan Scarlett and Duke Riley for snaps early on, you know, here and there. And then by maybe by the end of the season, he's taken a little bit away from Alain and Roberts. Right. But I think year two and year three is when you start to see Channing Tindall yeah, yeah. turn into spot, the guy. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Richmond, um, Tyree Kill, right out of the gate, two big catches, helps him get down the field. That first drive was so explosive, and I know you've had those kind of drives with Marino. Four plays, and we're in the end zone. Two of those big chunks to Tyree Kill. I mean, the the we all knew about it, and we all knew the potential of it. But without Waddle and Taron Armstead and Alec Ingold, look at the explosive big play ability already that and we haven't even seen all our guys out there you think this is a team where if they get clicking they're going to catch a lot of teams sleeping and they could put some points on the board oh ain't no question and and i I think that was done you think when you can do that with i'm gonna just it's not a vanilla offense but with your very basic offense but with like you say you can march down the field four plays uh first drive and that set the tone. And believe me, um, that's one of the films that New England's going to be looking at. So if I'm Coach Belichick, I'm definitely concerned because you already know that it's going to be more in the package when they play the Patriots than, than you've seen all preseason. And when you see, like you said, that's Tyreek Hill, but Waddle wasn't there, Teron Smith yeah. wasn't there. This is not the gun's not fully loaded, so he still got more shells to load up in there. Yeah, so, um, there's, there's no, no, when you got a Tyreek, though, there's no sneaking up on anybody. Yeah. But like, think of this space, you know, like Bleacher Report, they made predicted actually Waddle to have the most receptions on the Dolphins because of all the additional attention Tyreek's going to get. That's just going to, I mean, guys. I don't know if you remember last year. Do you remember what he did to Marlon Humphrey when he wasn't even getting targeted? Marlon Humphrey was getting turned inside out by Waddle. Waddle is against number two. It's like, guys, here's the thing. Listen, and we're going to talk about Byron Jones in a second here when we get into the roster talk. But Tredavious White is out for the first four weeks of the Bills. So they have no Tredavious White, and they got to cover Tyreek and Waddle and Cedric Wilson and Eric is a comma. And sure, I don't care what anyone says. Sherfield looks like he's going to make plays. And Gasecki, you know, I know we only kept five receivers, but Gasecki can be your six because he can be your big slot guy or your boundary guy. So, I mean, there's a, yeah, exactly. There's a lot. So let's get into this initial roster. So they announced, I got 49 out of 53 players right. They got Tua, Teddy, and Skyler. They carried three quarterbacks. Edmund, uh, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mozart, Salvin Ahmed, Miles um, Gaskin are the running backs. Alec Ingold and Seathan Carter are your fullbacks. Um, Hill, Waddle, Wilson, is it common? Sherfield are the receivers. Gasecki, Smythe, Long, and Tanner Connor, who they could have slid onto IR, who's in a brace right now, made the team. I thought they're going to put him on IR. That's why I didn't have him on the team. A five offensive line um, Armstead, Eichenberg, um, Robert Hunt. 
Connor Williams, Austin Jackson, Greg Little, uh, Michael Dieter, and Robert Jones. So Solomon Kinley, Preston Williams, Lynn Bowden Jr., gone. Kinley and Preston Williams have not been claimed. Lynn Bowden Jr. signed to the Patriots practice squad today. So there you go, Lynn Bowden. They, yeah, traitor. They do their usual. A defensively. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. They're probably going to try to pick his brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they asked McDaniel about that today, and he said, I ain't worried. He's like, I know our raw, our playbooks have been out there for a long time if you just pay the right amount of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for defensive linemen, Emmanuel Ogba, Wilkins, um, Raekwon Davis, Zach Seiler, Jenkins, and obviously Trey Flowers, who can play the front, right, because he's going to be the outside, outside linebacker. He can play end or whatever. Linebacker-wise, Jalen Phillips, Ingram, Baker, um, Landon Roberts, Channing Tindall, Van Ginkle, Duke Riley, Sam McGuavin makes the team, which I honestly thought he's I, – I, I thought – I, I don't know if I would have kept him. I, I didn't have mm-hmm. him on my roster because he was very up and down. Um, cornerback room for you ball game: Howard, Needham, Igbenogany, Crossin, Elijah Campbell, and Kadir Kahu makes the team. Big, big, big Texas A&M Commerce. And then Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, um, Clayton Fedulum comes back after he restructured. And then, obviously, Jason Sanders, um, Morstead, the punter, and Blake Ferguson, the long snapper. So that's the initial 53-man. So, obviously, Lynn Bowden, Solomon Kinley, Preston Williams. Um, You know, there's some names that, that didn't make the team that people were a little bit hurt over. Um, fact of the matter is that's what we're moving forward with this year. Um, I want to get your thoughts on a cup first ball game. Kadir yeah. Kahu making the team. I would, I think he'd be higher on the depth chart than Nogany right now. No offense, bro, but he's been very impressive in all seriousness in training camp. And when he's gotten minutes, they must love him, Right. Right. And you know, Boyer, like, Flores, his specialty is the secondary, right? Uh-huh. He builds them up. Um, what were your overall thoughts on how the defense is looking? You know, I talked about how we don't have championship depth. Adding Trey Flowers to that front is a championship depth type of move. Um, overall, what are your thoughts on our defense as, as they look? And what are your expectations for this defense behind, besides obviously Javon Holland um, being that starting dude. They also, that all pro dude, they also signed Justin Bethel today. um, Who's a special teams player, but also he's played legitimate snaps for the Patriots and the Cardinals at corner. Um, You know, they didn't really bring else in anyone else. And sorry, I I, I apologize. They also signed Kalen Barnes who ran a four, two, three, I believe it was at the the combine. Yeah, the cornerback. Um, mm-hmm. So Byron Jones, he's going to miss the first four games because he's on pop, just like Tredavious White we spoke about. What's your opinion of this um, defense? Because I think the three top three you got to trot out there as it stands right now is Howard, Needham, and Crossan. I don't think – it doesn't sound like they're going to bring in – it doesn't sound like they're going to bring in a Joe Hayden ball game. So what's your opinion on this defense overall initially? And what's your opinion on the whole Byron Jones situation now? I always, I mean, let's be clear. I always felt like this defense was was built to sustain 
any type of loss from one position or another. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really what you would it's, – it's like an ideal situation in my opinion because having the luxury, the luxury we had of having two shutdown um, corners, and although people didn't necessarily – you know, Jones didn't get the picks, he still did his job highly – he was still highly effective at doing his job. Yeah. Only thing Boyer has to do now at this point is whoever's on the opposite side of him just roll a little help every now and then. But, again, it all depends on the matchups. And I think we are – and this team is athletic enough mm-hmm. and big enough up front and violent enough up front to disrupt any offense in the league. So, for Can me – Can I ask you this, though? Yeah. Specifically because we're talking about these corners right now. I don't see a if we gotta go, if we gotta go cross him, need him, and ask to start off, mm-hmm. okay, you're not worried about the Patriots. You're probably no. not worried about the uh, the Ravens. Nope. Are you worried about the stuff the the receiving core in Buffalo and the receiving core specifically? Probably the scariest one of them all in Cincinnati. Well, that Cincinnati group is probably the only group that would, would concern me okay. because. The vast majority of the favor in Buffalo is Stephon Diggs. And yeah. I'm going to if it's me, I'm matching up my top guy against your top yeah, guy. Yeah, he yeah. just gotta he just gotta be Khalil Shakir and, though. Don't don't sleep on my boy Khalil Shakir though. That's well, right. you know, he gotta prove it. Yeah, so I agree. You know, at the end of the day, I don't I giggle I, over there. Where's I will you? match up our guys against anyone in the league and I think that you know, Crossing brings another speed element to And athleticism, yeah. That and, athleticism yeah, to the position about. that yeah. is is really um, not mentioned by a lot of different people. So I think athletically we can match up and skill-wise we can match up with anyone. I mm. do still believe, though, that if the kid didn't have something, I'm going to mention if he didn't have anything, yeah, they probably would have cut him. And Noah, man, like legitimately. I mean, because Kadu showed up and he, mm-hmm. he's still here. They, they yeah. Somebody see something in him somewhere. Yes, sir. We just got to figure out what that, you know, what that, what that something is. But I'm not really concerned about the defense. I mean, I think we can. They'll be able to keep us in games, and they're gonna, you know, Boyer's still tweaking certain aspects of the defense and changing fronts and doing things his own way that is going to be able to um, effectively stall out a lot of offenses too. So, yeah, um, the depth thing is always going to be a concern. I think at this level, just because of the magnitude at which. We play so much man, but I like the fact – go back to it again. He showed early a commitment to zone, and I think that's going to be the way that he's going to try to go about spelling our guys and not getting them so burnt out mm. for the long haul. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that man press take a lot out of you over time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if he can show yeah. the younger quarterbacks some zone looks that they're not accustomed to, things of that nature, make them – Throw, throw the ball early. And it'll help you disguise stuff. If you can yeah, start executing that yeah. stuff, you can disguise it once teams start getting to it on tape. You know what I mean? Right. You can use that as a sky shell. So. Exactly. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Uh, Richmond. So the Dolphins, they kept three quarterbacks. They kept two fullbacks in Ingold and Seathan Carter since we kept Rob Conrad and Deion Dyer, I believe, in 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's because Ingold's coming off a major injury, and you got to have a guy capable of stepping in. And and the other guy they they wanted to bring, love it. He's he's had an injury. Um, Tanner Connor is in a brace. He's why they kept four tight ends. Um, and basically Connor not going on, you know, um, IR as well as um, you know, having to keep that second fullback and. 
the third quarterback, you know, they couldn't keep more than five receivers. So they couldn't keep river Craycraft, who I think basically that must've been one of the toughest cuts for him because guys, that guy reminds me of Chris Hogan. He gets open seven 11, man. Like he, he just finds a way to get open. Um, and they couldn't keep Solomon, a guy like Solomon Kinley, but they haven't brought him back on the roster. So maybe they don't have the intention to anyways, but what were your overall thoughts about how the offense shapes up? Would you have, would you try to move off of Teddy right now to carry two and open up that spot? Maybe to carry a six receiver on the team. Um, overall, how are you feeling about this offense? Specifically, the offensive line of Taron Armstead, Liam Eikenberg, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, and Jackson, with Little as basically your swing option at tackle. Um, how's this offense stacking up for you right now? I mean, I like it. I kind of was laughing a little bit because when you mentioned Dion, Dion Dyer and um, Rob Conrad, those were guys mm-hmm. I played with. But, but, but the um, the fullback position is dying position. Right? It's, yeah, it's almost not there. Most people use a tight end because they, you know for the thing. The era we're but, talking about with with Conrad and Dyer. Remember, one of the best backs in the game at that time was a fullback by the name of Mike Allstott. People forget, oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, people seem to forget about him, right? So, anyway, yeah. go ahead, my friend. Sorry. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I, I like the way things are shaping up. I think uh, we could still possibly see some roster moves, like you said. Um, we have three quarterbacks, but um, it's possible they could move off one of them. But I think the thing is, basically, we're not putting a couple of those guys on IR. Um, once those guys come back healthy off, it's going to take longer than what was projected. I think we could see some additional roster moves before yeah. the, you know the trade deadline. So I agree. Um, I think they I think they plan it smart. I think it gives t- guys time to get healthy. This and that, but in the event that something else happens, I think they're they already got in the back of their heads. We can we can do this A B C or whatever and get some form this and that. So. Yeah. I like what they're doing. Uh, I, I like the offensive line group. And um, I think one of the things um, that's definitely made is having some veteran coaches added to this staff. And um, um, I think, like you said earlier, when you, you kind of found out that everybody was walking on eggshells before with floors and stuff, and it seems like it's a place where people want to come to work and, and, and yeah. all that. Now, that, that makes – the energy makes a huge difference. It's already tough enough trying to line up and go against, you know, team after team. But when you don't want to be at work or it's like somewhere you don't want to be and you got to spend hours and stuff like that, that makes a big yeah. difference. So um, uh, I think we are, I think we're okay, but I, I do believe we could possibly see some additional moves. I don't believe it's possible to be the final roster. Just I agree. Depends on yeah, yeah. this is the yeah. initial roster, right? Like, yeah. and one thing I got to say to you, like we we're talking about the offensive line earlier, right? Like the one thing that you see the difference too is like, look at the cleanup and technique wise in Austin Jackson and Greg Little right now, right? Like it's, it's noticeable. Like I did a Greg Little breakdown of inside the NFL, the hand placement, the wide base, the feet, everything is good right now and moving in sync. Like he had very active hands, you know, like he was just, you know, when he locked out his arms, he just vice gripped under the pads. And guys were just locked up like i saw a lot of good and this was stuff i didn't see on film last year or even with carolina and it just shows coaching matters and i'll give you a perfect example guys look at the last two years right how long were we trying to develop that guy uh dervell 
Cuero Nato. Remember that guy, the Brazilian lineman? He started off a defensive Ooh, lineman and we moved yeah. him to the offensive line. Who knows where that guy is right now? He must be like, you know, picking coconuts in Brazil right now. I don't know what that guy's doing. Right. And then, you know, remember last year they tried to turn that guy who had never played football, Jabril Blount. Remember they tried to turn him into a tight end. Right. They couldn't get it done. Yeah. So these guys signed a UDFA by the name of Tanner Connor, 6'3, 230. All right. At Idaho State. And they turn this guy into a tight end, and he's been so impressive, he makes the initial 53. That right there shows you even down to the development where we're at offensively compared to the last regime. I had to I had to point that out because to me that was very, very um, impressive stuff. So, guys, the big news too, they voted on the captains. And the captains for – the 2022 Miami Dolphins guys it, it's a list of studs it, it's you know we're not looking at a list of jabronis and I'm not here trying to you know like step on anyone's toes but when you compare our captains this year to last year you know this year we've got Tua Javon Holland Javon Holland at 22 is a captain um Tyreek Hill Xavier Howard Alandon Roberts is again Taron Armstead and Cedric Wilson sorry um said um Christian Wilkins, I apologize. Guys, those are seven captains. Six of those captains are the captains for the first time in Miami. And it's a new fresh blood. It's a new era. But when you compare it to last year, our captains last year were Landon Roberts, Jesse Davis, Clayton Fedulum, Matt Collins, and Jason McCourty. So quite a discrepancy. And one of the talking points, guys, was McDaniel went up and said, as well, not only did he update, and he said he's very confident that Waddle will be back week one. He also said that Tua, because they let the players vote and they went by a point system, Tua got a resounding number of votes and was the top point getter in terms of the captaincy vote. And remember, this was a guy who last year, people were trying to spin narratives. Oh, this teammates don't like him oh they didn't vote for him and then the truth came out that he didn't even put his name in the hat because he didn't want to spend more time with um brian flores in ball game i posed the question maybe that's why Xavier howard hasn't been a captain the past two years because maybe he didn't want to be, didn't throw his name you. in the hat right because he didn't like flores <laughs> either so anyways so now to you look at this captaincy boys Tua. You know, with all this comes more responsibility. There's, you know, McDaniel said it. There's no way where you can hide. You're going to be held accountable for your performances because you are the captain of the team of this team now. And you look at that list, boys. And you know, one of the things I always do whenever I get the new, new, you know, the the new copy of Madden every year, I always change my captains to the biggest studs on our team. And you look at the studs, guys. Honestly, I am, you know. It's nice that two is a captain, but I think Tyreek earned it. You know, Javon Holland, I think, has earned it. You know, he's the future. You look at this, guys, and other than a Landon Roberts, you know, Tua, Tyreek, Javon Holland, um, Christian Wilkins, um, Xavier Howard, you know, these are core players, guys. Teron Armstead, these are core players, franchise cornerstones of our franchise right now. Who all deserve the C, I think. Um, just your guys' overall opinion on the captaincy, because I mean, especially compared to last year, boys, like Jesus. I don't have I don't have an issue with any of them. I just think that 
like when you when we speak of it, Landon Roberts, you're talking about a guy that's willing to go out there and knock himself out cold, yeah, in, in pursuit of doing his job. So um, we got to have a guy that's willing to. Just well, he lay was the out. only one out of the captains last year ball game that we consistently heard was right. loved in the locker room. It, yeah. it, you know, now that you hear that people weren't throwing their names in the hat because they didn't want to spend time with Flores. Maybe Matt Collins, a guy like Jesse Davis, and these other cats got it because no one else really wanted the responsibilities. I mean, is that far fetched? No, and Landon Roberts is also the guy that was that was known for um, the comments on the sideline to Tua telling yeah. Tua, hey, "Hey, man, it's not you." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, he was supposed to be a Flores guy. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, Richmond, how much, how much weight does the captaincy hold? in a locker room? Well, I think it carries a lot of weight. And, um, I mean, like you said, it, it needs to be the core guys, but when it's voted on by teammates, that's who they look to for leadership. So yeah. um, I think the way that people have seen Tua work in the offseason, I think his just overall attitude, mannerisms, um, and just stuff you've seen from interviews, even the – last couple of years he's never been a guy to shy away from taking the responsibility even if it wasn't his fault he would take the blame versus putting it on his teammates yeah. and and that's something you can't coach or teach as far as being a, a leader and even and, coaches uh, who people in that room know did him wrong right he, you know he'd even take the blame for that yeah and and then like you said like like you said, when Xavier Howard, the, the way he's played, he's definitely been a leader. Yeah. But for to come and find out, it's like, oh, man, hell, I'm not putting my name in the hat because you don't want to deal with it. That just shows the energy was just off. And you're like, man, let me just do what I need to do required. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to work hard. But other than that, y'all just leave me alone. And that, and that's kind of the, the, the attitude. And just like ball games, the guy going up to two on the sideline say, "Hey, man, it's not you, this and that." So you can fool people on the outside, but when you're in that locker room and you you see what's going on, you, you can't fool those guys on the team. So I think he's, I think Tua has always been looked at as somebody that they felt was a leader or know he was a leader, or whatever. It's just he just said, "Man, no, not right now. I'm gonna just do my job and try to get better and and, and help the team and." Hopefully, if I can do that, then things can turn around. But now with the new regime in and stuff like that, and you actually see everybody smiling. And I remember a few minutes ago you brought up that Waddle possibly lead the, the team in receptions. But the attitude, the Tyreek and everybody, the chemistry, those guys, they just want to win. And you you rarely see that when you got a bunch of alphas in the group like that. That's like, no, nah, if you get this, I want that. But when you see that, that's something special. So if we can get it going, this this can be really, really special. And, man, I think we're going to be real happy. I got everybody out here jumping on the bandwagon, too. Yeah, no. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. No, there's people playing both sides so they can't be wrong. Oh, they be wrong, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Another thing, too, guys, they, they've filled 12 of the 16 – spots on the practice squad so braylon sanders and river craycraft cleared waivers and made it onto the practice squad they signed return specialist and receiver from the seattle seahawks freddie swain today to mm. Crondre white made it there Lionel coleman was put on the practice squad they went and got james mp off waivers he played 
center and guard at BYU. So there you go. A nice development interior offensive lineman, Ben Stilley and Niall Scott, as well as Cameron Good and Porter Gustin, Kalen Barnes and my guy, Verone McKinley, the third, all went on to the practice squad as well. So four spots remain on the practice squad. So going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I think, I think they, they, they hit the hit, hit the nail on the head when they went out and executed the way they did this last um, preseason game against the Eagles. I think that was impressive. And, and a lot of times the last, that's the last thing that people will remember until the regular season starts. So since it's been two weeks, I thought that was a great way to, to finish up the, uh, the last preseason game. And then I think everybody's looking forward to game one. So um, they put something not only on the fans, man, but, but, but week one, uh, Patriots are definitely paying attention. So it's going to be a lot of sleepless nights up there in New England. So keep Can that coffee hot. Man? I think yeah. I think we're gonna give them the work. I don't even have the Patriots yeah. finishing five hundred. I think that new offense have gone to that zone blocking. They've looked like they've struggled yeah. in it. Max Max looked up and really up and down. I've heard coming out of camp that it looks like he's regressed compared to last year. I honestly think they're gonna struggle and so are the Jets. I think this is gonna be a two horse race. Yep. Well, I agree. So I think the I think the biggest thing right now is the fact that we got more than enough time to actually do a complete solid install because I don't think McDaniels really had it. I don't think it did any install. I think it was just more or less concepts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now at this point, whatever they saw on tape, it ain't gonna really matter. It's gonna come out with something completely different. It might look mm-hmm. the same formationally, but there's a whole lot of intricacies associated with that. When him going yeah. to the first installs and him being a run, run minded guy, there's so much play action stuff you can do off of. Good Lord. From those, um, you know, fullback, fullback laced um, formations, man, it's gonna be nasty, man. I wouldn't want to be on the opposite side trying to defend this offense. That's for sure. I wouldn't, man. It's, it's oh, crazy. It's kind of the th- the things dreams are made of, yet nightmares for defensive coordinators. I love it. Let's go. All right, gentlemen, we're gonna be back here next week as we preview the. First game of the 2022 regular season with uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins. It's already here, man. It's already here. Let's get it. Check your pulse. 3110. This guy's already going out. It's great <laughs> prediction. He's not playing around. And if you listen to this Wednesday, September 7th on Finside the NFL. Richard Webb and Mr. Ballgame will be joining me as well as other content creators. And we will have a regular season round table prediction show. So be sure to tune into that. That'll be around 9 p.m. Eastern. All right, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. We will see you next time right back here at the finish line. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.